Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Good morning, Millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast, the fifth and final episode of the week and the final episode of the year. Hey, Claude, how are you doing? Hello, Jacqueline, our final episode of the year. How many episodes have we done this year? This will be uh, 216, I think. Wow, that's crazy that, you know, there were some days that we didn't have much to talk about, but there really wasn't one day where we had nothing to talk about. That's what amazes me about our job. People are like, your sisters, your friends, your coworkers, do you ever run out of shit to talk about? And the answer is truly no. Truly it is no, which is really crazy. I mean, 216 episodes in one year is wild. It's just wild to like think about how many episodes we do in the world of podcasting where like, you know, typically people do one a week. Like we do more shows sometimes in a month than some shows do in a year. It's actually going to be our 217th. Sorry to correct you. I just checked. Oh my God. I'm so sorry for that one episode I forgot about. Yeah. Yancey constantly being overlooked. Damn Yancey. Wow. What a year, Jax. What a year. What would you say some are some of your highs, some of your lows? show wise or personal wise show, um like business wise oh okay because obviously i would say personal you know like being pregnant obviously blah blah blah, blah. uh <laughs> <laughs> uh show wise just you know just another year of doing like getting to do what we love my favorite you know stretches of time during the toast is when it's just like we're toasting everything is going according to plan you know smooth sailing the community Mm -hmm. is vibrant the people are happy like that's what I love that's why that's what gets me out of bed in the morning so I don't need like all the hoopla and the fanfare and like when we used to do like more exciting stuff when we could like go to the CMAs and stuff like obviously that's always a highlight but for me just like the the daily joys of doing the job and being able to do this job that's really what what does it for me yeah like the uninterrupted studio time like we had a COVID exposure then I gotta go on tour like it's always something so those stretches of time where we were just uninterruptedly ourselves in our studio I agree like those are truly high points so what are your some of your high points for the year um obviously making the New York Times bestsellers list was a lifelong dream of mine and to have done that was wonderful um and just being toasty gals. Like, again, yeah, I, I echo your sentiment for sure. Not necessarily, like, hitting certain bench point, benchmarks, but just being able to spread joy, laughter, and positivity. Yeah. Yeah. I totally 
Agree. So I'm glad we're aligned as we head into this new year. It's it's important to be aligned, and you and I are constantly getting aligned. Constant. So we have a great show for you today. We've got some great stories that are going to get us through till 2022, and I hope everyone is just, you know, taking care of themselves, get excited for the holiday. It's a crazy, it's a crazy time of year right now. Oh my God, it's so crazy. Like if you're not being super COVID careful and you are going to see your parents, like just be careful because I know a lot of people are having to adjust their holiday plans, which sucks. So just be smart because you got to see your grandma. Yeah, I'm sure everyone, you know, is taking the precautions that they need to and, and doing what works for for them. But it's just, it's why. It just ramped up so quickly. In 48 hours. Yeah. So what's new with you otherwise? Well, I know it's Friday and we don't usually do a... Um TV recap, but I spent every waking moment of my life last night watching um, Made. I also watched the new Sex in the City, so I would like to talk about that. So I'm going to do a little TV recap, and I know you watched Made, and I would love to just chat with you about a story that has, like, really stuck with me. Like, I dreamt about it. I can't stop thinking about it. Really powerful stuff. So I want to talk about that in the TV recap. Yeah, no, it's a really intense show. And when I was talking about it, when I was watching it, it was like, it really sticks with you. It's not like I would say I love this show, but it just feels like an important watch. You yeah. get so much out of it and like such an interesting perspective. And I feel like a lot of people who have watched the show, weirdly, I've heard from so many people that they, they dream about it. It was very emotionally taxing. Like, I felt I got a migraine while watching it. It was so heavy. Like, and so I, and I agree, I wouldn't say it was the best show I ever watched. I can't wait to watch it again. It was just a story very much worth telling and a, and a, you know, a reflection of our government, you know? Yeah. No, it really is. Also, when I was watching it, I made the decision that I could only watch it during the daytime. And then once oh. the sun went down, I couldn't watch it. 100% so depressing and kind of scary yeah I agree oh you know what I have restarted watching just so randomly I just wanted some good like I just wanted a sleep show that was gonna like put me to sleep instead of reading and so I'm watching Gossip Girl again oh my god what is that like the 11th time uh it's probably it's the third time I can recall starting it from the beginning so I watched it when it was on then I like rewatched it again and then I think I rewatched it again and now I'm rewatching it again. So it's just like nice and it's just so crazy because it was such a sign like of the times and such so I would say so mirrored the city and like city life at the time mm -hmm. that it was on. So to watch that now, it's just so different from 2021. And even oh, though course, not yeah. that much time has passed, like it's so tangibly different. It's crazy. Um, well, I love that journey for you. Yeah, it's been good. And then I also finished the book, The Family. And you know what? I really like did not love it at all. I gave it three stars and maybe you would like it. And I think it was, it was clearly like well-written and it's like a interesting story. It just wasn't the book for me at this current junction in my life. I understand that. So, but if you, you know, trusted Dana's choice with your whole heart, then go for it. A lot no. of people. Dana has a cult following. Oh, I thought you were talking to me because I'm like no, the antithesis. No, I'm not oh. even looking at you. You said, you said, if you, if you toaster in the wild, trust Dana's choice with your whole heart, then you should read it. <laughs> no, you, once you said it was well written, I'm out. That's not my type of book. 
stop okay well I guess without further ado so we can recap everything else let's just jump right in for the final time and I do think at some point in this episode you'll need to grace us with a song because it's the final episode it's also Friday Friday gotta get down on Friday everybody's looking forward to the weekend weekend Friday Friday getting Rona on Friday it's so this is it's so much more than Friday though because it's like the biggest it's the most Friday of all Fridays even though it doesn't even feel like a Friday but it's like if you are heading on vacation next week, like this is like really the final day for you. Yeah. Cause so, like those last few days at the office before Christmas break, like also, or at school, like they don't count. No one is mentally, we're all physically there, but we're not mentally there. No, no. Like there's no deliverables. You're just like showing up, checking boxes. There's so 100%. many holiday snacks around the office. Cleaning out your desk. Yeah. Okay, so now without further ado, it is time for the past five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And today's episode is brought to you by Solo Stove, the perfect sponsor before heading into Christmas break. There's nothing quite like the feeling of gathering around a warm fire on a cool evening. And a smokeless fire pit from Solo Stove makes your outdoor moments even more memorable. Because instead of having to constantly dodge campfire fumes, you can sit back, relax, and enjoy the fire. And with Solo Stove's holiday sale, you can get a great deal on a Solo Stove fire pit. So you need to upgrade your backyard. It's time. And the Solo Stove fire pit is here. Enjoy the mesmerizing flames and all the benefits of a nice little fire pit and all the opportunities to create good more good moments and lasting memories so the solo stove fire pits are different because they're engineered different they're built different they're made with premium grade 304 stainless steel and a 360 degree airflow system that maximizes efficiency while minimizing smoke it's easy to light with a few bits of starter and then your fire is blazing in minutes it's perfectly portable so take the solo stove with you on camping trips and more if you're going you know renting a house or going on vacation pack your solo stove in the car it is so premium if where you're going doesn't have a fire pit you can now bring it with you like it's literally the most premium thing of all time there's no reason not to get it for your house someone else's house who you're staying at that's a great gift to bring yeah let the gifting begin shop solo stoves holiday sale for a huge site-wide savings right now through the end of the year and get ten dollars off with the promo code toast plus a lifetime warranty and free 30-day returns so again they're already having a huge sale but if you use code toast at solostove.com you get an extra ten dollars off and a lifetime warranty and free 30-day returns that's at solostove.com and using the promo code toast check it out there's great savings yeah it is such a great thing to have when we used it with my friends it was like the best most revolutionary thing and (laughs) if you love fires which everyone loves a good sitting around the fire it's the fire better better fire yeah our first story chris noth has been accused of sexual assault by two women he claims the encounters were consensual Two women have accused Chris Noth of sexually assaulting them in a new report from The Hollywood Reporter. The alleged incidents occurred in 2004 and 2015. The first woman, using the pseudonym Zoe, told The Hollywood Reporter that seeing the actor reprise his Sex in the City role for the new revival and just like that, quote, set off something in me. She said, for so many years, I buried it and added that um, she thought it was time to try to go public with who he is. 
In a statement, Chris Knott denied the allegations and claimed that, quote, the encounters were consensual. He said the accusations against me made by individuals I met years, even decades ago, are categorically false. These stories could have been from 30 years ago or 30 days ago. No always means no. That is a line I did not cross. It's difficult not to question the timing of these stories coming out. I don't know for certain why they are surfacing now, but I do know this. I did not assault these women. Oh, well, this is just hella disappointing because, you know, we're all mourning big. He's been like in all these commercials. He's such a hot topic of conversation. And I think that like, I don't know, it felt like, like I was like expecting this in kind of a way because he got, you know, super famous during a time in Hollywood where things like this were super prevalent. Um, And I'm just really curious to see how HBO and like the women are responding because I watched the episode last night and I guess now would be a good time to talk about it. They're very much taking this approach of like, we are a woke show almost to the point where it's like cringy, like they're, you know, checking every box. Um, But they're like rebuilding. If you watch some of old sex in the city, it's cringy. They actually use the, a slur in one of the episodes for transgendered people. Like it's, it's definitely a reflection of the time they were living in early 2000s, but a lot of that shit would not fucking fly today and borderline get you canceled for saying. So they're taking like this antithesis approach to that on this new show. It's very much like a new age, you know, they get everything, everyone, like everyone's being represented. And I don't know. I feel like because they're doing that, like they owe us a response. Yeah, definitely. Especially if that's the, you know, the messaging on the show, then your real life actions have to line up with that. Otherwise, it is straight up definition performative. Oh, my God. And in the show, Carrie's boss is filming a Netflix special. So her, Miranda and Charlotte go to the show. I think it's at the Gramercy Theater and like support and her entire set because she's this non-binary comedian. Her entire set is about that. Like people in Hollywood. Oh, my! it's actually very meta. It's like people in Hollywood, like her whole special is called check a box. They just do it to check a box, but it doesn't actually reflect like the culture. So it's literally like her comedy special coming to life. That is really crazy. Also, it's worth noting that Peloton has already taken down the ad. Yeah, no way. Yes. And some old, um, so his ex-girlfriend, Beverly Johnson, an old story about, um, her and their relationship has resurfaced where she accused him of beating her and threatening oh. to kill her and her dog in court documents that are from 1995. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with everyone? I don't know. I do not know. Holy shit. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I guess it's not, it's like a non-issue because he's not even on the show. Right, but I do still think that it's something that they will have to address. Uh, I don't know. I mean, no, I mean, I guess they could, they could not. But then it really just highlights like the difference between like, do, like do as I say, not as I do. Totally, totally. Um, but can I tell you about the episode? Because like most of the predictions that I made did come true, even though I can't really take credit. They were fairly obvious. Miranda's drinking like is becoming a thing, um, as is her sexuality, as is Charlotte's daughter told her she doesn't like when she calls her a girl. She's not sure like what that means yet, but I have a feeling she's going to be like non-binary or something like that. So um, 
a lot of the predictions I had made came true. It was a good episode. Basically, they went to the reading of Big's will, and he left Natasha a million dollars. And so Carrie's freaking out, like, what didn't I know? Like, they were communicating. I'm so mad, la-da-da. And she tries to, you know, get in touch with Natasha, and Natasha obviously wants nothing to do with her. And then they run run into each other at a coffee shop and have, like, a five-minute conversation where she, Natasha's like, I told the lawyer I don't want the money. I have no idea why he gave it to me. I haven't been speaking to him. And so Carrie was, like, so relieved. And basically what they surmise is that, like, you know, he's never been a, a good with words. He's always just been good with money. And that's his way of saying sorry for all he put Natasha through. Um, and then Carrie's, like, still in this grieving process. And she just, like, walks around all day and doesn't want to go home. And then at the end of the episode, she moved into her old place that she still has. Oh, my God. I I... Some of that sounded really nice. Some of that sounded pa- really painful. I know. You know, when I say it, it doesn't sound good. But I'm telling you, like, I actually really am enjoying it. I was unsure after the first two episodes because, you know, the shock factor of the big stuff, like, really just blinded me. And I was like, is this show good or not? Or is this just, like, a huge spoiler that uh, – not spoiler – huge thing that happened that I'm just, like, enjoying? But after the third episode, I've decided, like, I definitely like it. The 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 good thing – the thing that we – at least I, like, fell in love with about the show was, like – the comedy, the writing, like the timing, and it's still totally there. It's the writing is so good. Some of the characters, like you can't help but love, like Anthony. So I really do like it. I, I'm really enjoying it. Okay, no, that's good, but it's just really frustrating. It's like we haven't seen these characters in so long, and now Carrie is like going through this blinding grief, like just like when she was left at the altar. And it's like mm-hmm. every time we catch up with them, it's like the hardest time in their life, and that's annoying to watch. No offense. Yeah, and, like, Miranda and Steve are, like, not... They're not having problems, but they're not, like, super happy. They're basically just, like, roommates, like, two passing ships in the night who, like, enjoy each other's company and make ice cream. Um, And when she went to that comedy show, as I predicted, Carrie's boss, who's that non-binary queer um, comedian, Che, her and Miranda... uh, They and Miranda are, like... There's something going on, for sure. Got it. I saw a spoiler about that. So, so, yeah, oh, sorry, spoiler alert <laughs> to that whole thing. I think that that was given when you said you were going to talk about the show. So I'm glad you're enjoying it, though. Thank you for keeping us abreast for those of us who aren't. I, I really am. Like, it's, there's no reason not to like it, honestly. It's like my favorite gals back together, except for Samantha, which there's really just a gaping hole. It's so obvious. Yeah, totally. Like, they, they go to a meal, and, you know, every time on Sex and the City, it's like the four of them at a table. So this time, like, Stanford's invited. And Stanford's the best, but it's just not the same. No. And she always contributed the most to the meal. So it's like, it's not oh just God, like the, a quarter is missing. It's like, it's more than that. The whole pie. Like, all the one-liners, all the actual good advice, real-life experience. Yeah. Yes. Thousand percent. Okay. Our next story. A search warrant has been issued for Alec Baldwin's phone over the fatal mm. rust shooting. Authorities in Santa Fe, New Mexico, issued a search warrant on Thursday for Alec Baldwin's cell phone to probe the death of the cinematographer he fatally shot on the set of the movie Rust. The Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office believes there are key conversations on Baldwin's phone related to what led to the prop gun death of Helena Hutchins in October. Investigators previously asked the actor for his phone, but he told them that they would need to get a warrant, according to the document which was obtained by the Post. This is really big. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, I wonder what they're looking to find or thinking that might be in there that would give them more information about something that was like, you know, an alleged complete 
accident. I just want to say, I still really do believe it's an accident, and I'm not about jumping to conclusions when it's something as serious and as fatal as this. But if it turns out, like, in an alternate universe, that Alec Baldwin was somehow, like, involved and this was, like, all a setup, I don't know. Because there are a lot of conspiracy theories that believe that. I personally don't. But if that's the case, I will, like, freak out. Yeah. That would be insane. Yeah, I, I can't even, I can't even wrap my head around that is that like conspiracy theories that are on tiktok and stuff well i just think people really do not like alec baldwin and they're like just not inclined to really ever root for him which i understand he's like an atrocious person but (laughs) i personally don't believe that there was any um involvement from alec baldwin on this i really don't but again there's no way to know and now this information is just making me raise an eyebrow just a little eyebrow like yeah Yeah, they don't get warrants over nothing, and this is really curious, so we will stay tuned and keep you posted, but I just thought that was a very crazy development. No, it's incredibly bizarre, and you know what? I I feel like we don't hear a lot from, like, a a lot of updates from the investigation. It's just kind of this, like, thing that happened, and we get updates from Alec, like, and how he's doing, but there's really i haven't seen like tons and tons of things coming out of the investigation so hopefully this is some sort of lead yeah agreed are you ready for our next story which is some exciting news for you claudia personally for me yes personally for you oh i know what it is yes it is very exciting Kim Kardashian praises Taylor Swift's music following their five-year feud. She said it's cute and catchy. So on Thursday, Kim was on Barry Weiss's podcast, Honestly, with Barry Weiss, and she was asked, what is her favorite Taylor Swift song? She said, quote, I really like a lot of her songs. They're all super cute and catchy. I'd have to look in my phone to get a name. Okay. So this have just about killed me. Like, seriously, like, took me out for good. Um... And, you know, I have a, so, okay, so I have a lot of questions because even the fact that, like, someone would ask Kim that question, I have to assume, you know, Kim was okay with it. I know that Kim is friendly with this podcast host, Barry Weiss, so I know that, like, everything was sanctioned by Kim. So Kim is okay with publicly speaking on Taylor, which is just, like, a huge step in the right direction, like, huge, huge, huge. And you know what? I know for, like, Kim really has been a Taylor Swift fan for years. Like, there's that famous interview where she's like, my favorite song right now is Love Story by Taylor Swift. She has been in glam when there's Taylor Swift playing in the background. She, you know, you can't help. A bop is a bop, no matter who you're beefing with, you know? Mm -hmm. So now, years later, to have, like, even a grimace, like, something, like a small light is so heartwarming to me and it's not much but it's something and I am taking it yeah it's 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 small it's crumbs I mean I don't know if this is going to lead to a reconciliation even when I think about it like I feel like Kim would move forward but I don't know I don't know if Taylor could you know know. and I don't know and I don't know that she necessarily should because for her like that whole saga was like the most devastating thing. Like it mm-hmm. took a year from her career. Like every everything changed after that. And so I wouldn't expect her to, but it's nice to hear the ladies, well, one, say something nice about the other. Yeah, but also, you know, five years like isn't that long. And at some point, like the older you get, 
this is just me being, you know, optimistic. Like, I don't know, 15 years from now, I just can't imagine Taylor really caring that much. It's clear that this is still like a traumatizing event for her. Like, this is not something she's easily forgiving and forgetting. Yeah. No, I just think that sometimes like you have searing hatred towards another person and that's just not something that goes away. Can be fixed. And I think like and I don't think she like stays up at night like hating Kim or anything like that. Like I don't think it's like, you know, she needs to get over it and like move on with her life. Like I don't think it takes away from her daily life. I just think like there's a big chance that she fucking hates Kim and Kanye. Always will. Nothing's going to change. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what what nice things Kim has to say like the the damage was done and I'm just gonna fucking hate you forever no that's possible but for right now I'm relishing in this one small moment that we got for right us and I don't I don't middle. think that Kim I don't think Kim feels that way about Taylor nor should no. she at, at all no and so I think a lot of people are now like diving way too deep into this like really Taylor songs are cute and catchy that was obviously an insult Please, can we just oh, have yeah. one and fucking thing? Of course. Like, another headline was like, Kim can't name a Taylor Swift song without looking at her phone. Okay, so I actually wanted to bring that up because I saw that on Twitter this morning. I have to call out page six. Talk about making a mountain out of a fucking molehill. That headline was so misleading. Yeah, so misleading. I mean, how many times do you have to look at your phone to give the name of the song that you like? Like, I can't. A thousand? A thousand. Anyways, it's just one small step for mankind. This is glorious. Let's not ruin it. Um, but you know what? I actually never, ever listen to podcasts. I listened to Kim's entire episode. It was about an hour, and it was just sensational. Like, covered everything from justice reform to body image to, like, you know, when Kim was when Kim was talking about how she used to be so desperate for fame, she had an apartment on North Robertson, and only, like, the thirstiest people did that. I didn't even understand the reference, but I was just, like, living for everything. It was such a good episode. And really, a lot of, like, the the you know a clickbaity moments happened towards the end she did this lightning round tell me your favorite taylor swift song who's your right. favorite um castmate on snl right now and kim was like um i think you know so it was just like a lot of good delicious things coming out of it and it was recorded literally two days ago no i know because she was referencing stuff she was mason's referencing birthday no- mason's birthday north going live all of these things so it was literally i just assume that like you know the lead time i'm getting something with kim is so long but no of she's course. a turnaround queen of course it was so good you guys should listen to it and like for the kim fans it's everything we need and i do feel like unlike other kim interviews we do hear from her on subjects that we haven't already heard from her before but if you've watched every kim interview and then you watch like a new one sometimes you already know all the information they're not asking new questions i felt like there was new information in this interview and for people who aren't kim fans i'm seeing like so many people be like oh my god kim is just like the most beautiful smart i was so wrong about her and it's like oh good we we know we've been known yeah but it's it's always nice to see people coming around and seeing the light so true are you ready for our next story? If it's a story that's brought to you by ShipStation, the holidays are the most wonderful time of the year. But if you're running an online store, you know how they can also be the craziest time of the year. You've got inventory to manage, orders to fill, and a growing list of stressed out customers checking in twice a day, wondering where those last minute gifts will arrive on time. Well, with ShipStation, the hassle hassle of shipping out holiday orders melts away, leaving you with happier customers and more freedom to run your business or enjoy some much needed time off. If you sell anything online... 
whether that's an Etsy store, a side hustle, your full business. There's so many carriers and a ton of factors that go into figuring out the best rate for shipping of each order. ShipStation makes shipping the easier part of running your business, so you can go back to doing what you love. They can easily import orders from every sales channel, whether you're selling on Amazon, eBay, Etsy, your own website, and they automate just about any shipping task, all from one easy-to-use dashboard. Changing your shipping solution can seem daunting, but with the holidays here, now is the time to think about making a change. ShipStation works with all major carriers international and local including fedex usps and ups and you even get access to discounted rates that are usually reserved for fortune 500 companies no wonder 98 percent of companies that use ShipStation for a year keep using it for as long as they're in business it's that good make this holiday season a little brighter with ShipStation and use our code toast to get a 60-day free trial just enough time to handle the holiday rush just go to ship station.com click on the microphone at the top and enter toast ship station make ship happen Great. Our next story, what could have been, Doja Cat says she was almost on Billie Eilish's song Bellyache, but she couldn't think of anything to write. (laughs) A Billie Eilish-Doja Cat collab almost happened. The 26-year-old singer revealed that she could have been featured on Bellyache in a January cover story with Rolling Stone published on Thursday. She recalled that Billie asked her to do a verse for the 2017 single. She said, I remember thinking it was so cute. I loved it. I just couldn't think of anything to write. She called the setback a writer's block moment, adding, "I, I remember that seeing that song blow up and thinking that's awesome. Good for her. That is just like so relatable. No, totally. And, like sometimes and it's not something to you say. really ever think. And it's not something you like think about because I always kind of assume and I'm sure there are artists who do this and artists who don't. But like if you're doing a, a verse for someone like perhaps someone else is writing it for you um, or something like that. And so just to like one know that she writes it herself and two is going to turn down even a good opportunity if she doesn't have something to say like I we have no choice but to stand. Right. Well, that's like the magic of Doja Cat. And I feel like, you know, yes, I think a lot of like these year end roundups have been very focused on like Olivia Rodrigo, which I definitely understand. But Doja Cat is like literally one of the biggest and best artists like of all time. She's so talented. I've never I've literally never sat down and like listened to a Doja Cat song, but I know every single song. That's how popular they are and how infused they are into just like culture, whether that's TikTok, she's on TV, she's on commercials, she's performing She's just everything of the sort. And that's because she doesn't sacrifice, you know, quality. Like, she writes her own music. You can totally tell. And she got this amazing opportunity. And she didn't just, like, give it to some writer. Like, she wanted to do it herself. And she couldn't make it work. I just fucking love her. Yeah, I agree. Also, her songs are so, like, chemically catchy. Yes, like, the words fit perfectly in my brain. like, Like, the way that... And I think there's definitely, like, science behind, like, songs that are catchier than other songs. And so I think also it's not just that, like, her songs are everywhere, but it's, like, if you... Even if you've heard it one or two times... You automatically, you don't need to hear it so many times before you like it and before it catches on and gets stuck in your head. She's just a queen. And you know what? She's also a Jewish queen. You love to see it. You really you do. You love to see it. I just love her. Like, I, I want her to get, I know she's like super famous, but I feel like she doesn't get as much recognition for like her pull, like her fingers just on the pulse of culture, like constantly, like her music is just infused with everything popular. I agree with you. I feel like she's so popular. You know, if there's an award show, she's getting an invitation. She's yeah. performing. But it's like she should be even more places than she is. Yeah. What is yeah. that? She's Maybe it's so a personal choice from of the her. Sort. Maybe, Maybe it's like she doesn't want to be, you know, she's committed to the music and the craft. And some people, you know, they do all these other bullshit nonsense things and they're being shoved down our throat. And maybe she said, I don't want to be Tori Kelly. 
yeah maybe it's that she doesn't want to be like an industry plant or it's just the industry like not giving her the respect she deserves which would be really unacceptable I agree could be one or the other but like she's like you know I think she's as popular as like Megan the Stallion but Megan the Stallion's like so much like a more of like a household name you know what I mean yes yes I do know I know what there's you something mean. up there's something up yeah if anyone works in the industry or works with her let us know is this an industry choice or a doja choice I fucking love doja like justice for doja I love a doja's choice to be famous <laughs> or to be less famous oh my that God, is it's no question. longer it's no longer a DeAndre's choice it's a doja's choice yeah but Doja only has, like, good choices to choose from, you know? Oh, right. Where the, you know, the definition of a dangerous choice is, like, two horrendous choices. Yes. Are you ready for our fifth and final story? Wow, this is our last story of the year. And unfortunately, like, now that I'm thinking about it in that way, it's just not strong enough. But whatever. Do you want, do you want a second to go find something better or no? No, no. Because I, I, okay. when I read it, I actually found it interesting-ish. But now there's so much pressure on it. But you know what? It is what it is. I think it sums up the year. Hmm. It's the final story. No, that was not good. Sorry. I was like trying way too hard. Yeah. And also, I'm not going to chime in with you because then it gets all messed up when we're remote. I'll just show. It was going to be a final and it was going to be a solo endeavor. I'll put my tweezers together. That's okay. Mm hmm. It's the final story. It's the final story on the final Friday on the final show. And it's a magic episode. I thought that was pretty good um, given like the lack of resources. Yeah, but you know what I actually thought and support I, from you. I actually thought of a really good resource um, that you have in your house what? that maybe if you wanted to bring Ben in for a duet mm. on the final story. No, I really don't like to share like the stage. You know that, that I'm very triggered by that concept and that pro- proposition. Wow. OK, I, I know that people would love it, but, you know, maybe next year, maybe like the growth of another year. I'm too much of a diva right now. I'm too much of a diva. Viva okay. La Diva. Did you hear about Luann running out on a $700 bill at La Diplomat in D.C.? I did. What was that, on Dumois? No, it, it was on, like, a Bravo account. Whatever. It got blown. No, it was, like, a TikToker who I think was a server. Um, it got blown up. I think she did eventually pay the bill. Um, but not a good look, Countess. Even though, like, I hadn't heard of that restaurant, and I have a show in D.C., at the end of January. Tickets available at girlwithnojob.com slash tour. There's not a lot of seats left. And I'm about to sell out the Warner Theater. And that would just like be really helpful if you guys could help me do that because it's a very fancy place and I'm like very excited about it. And now I'm thinking I'm like, I need to book an after party because I have some friends coming. Like, should I go to La Diplomat and should I pay my bill? You should. And you know what I was thinking when I saw that story? Because I'm just like so petty and annoying. <laughs> I was just like, I wonder what her castmates on Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip think. Because she was like, <gasps> poor Lou all yes! season. Victim yes! Lou. What about yes. Lou walking out on her bills? Yeah, because she was literally like, she was role playing. She was LARPing on Ultimate Girls Trip, pretending to be this like sweet, innocent Luann Ramona so mean to me when she's actually like a villain. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking about. Like, I just would love to see what her new friends think about this. They should have called it Real Housewives Live Action Roleplay. 
Real housewives, put your best foot forward. <laughs> yeah. Real housewives, be fraudulent about who you actually are. Real housewives, who's the biggest victim? Real housewives, lies. <laughs> okay, our fifth and final story. We've circled the drain enough. We'll just rip the Band-Aid off. Chriselle, Sa- Chriselle Stouse's selling sunset date, the guy from the boat, Robert, for the, from the cringiest date alive, mm-hmm claims that she was 100% already with Jason Oppenheim while filming and when she went on that date. He says, oh. I felt so used. So Robert, Robert from the boat date says he's convinced she was already with boyfriend Jason Oppenheim during the cast's yacht party. He said, quote, 100%. It's a fact. Yes, she was with Jason. They had been hooking up prior to that. There's no way you would go on a date, a friendly date, and then not get, even give the guy any time of day to get to know you whatsoever. I can um, feel the awkwardness. This guy is, like, saying things like they're a matter of fact, but his only proof is the fact that Chriselle wasn't into him. I'm not convinced. I just want to say he no, sounds I know. bitter as fuck. Because you can say it's a fact and then say, you know, it's because you didn't give someone the time of day. No, it's but, a fact if you walk in on them hooking up. No, it's a fact if, like, everybody knew it and, like, you saw her texting him that day, like, hard emo- whatever, but not because she didn't give you the time of day, even though she didn't give him the time of day. But then, you know, he really f- fumbled the ball in a big way with his, like, oh dancing God. stuff. This guy, like, went from being the victim in the story to being the villain. Like, I hate no, he how went he from spoke. Being, he went from being the villain to the victim back to the villain. <laughs> yeah, because he spoke with, like, such certainty. And then the more you read it, it's, like, 100% clear he's just incredibly bitter about how that date went down and the fact that it was, like, on television. And now he's just, like, trying to make himself out to be some sort of hero. And he's just, like, becoming a bigger loser with every word I read in this article. But do you think that they were dating all season? Hmm. No. Like, wouldn't they have showed us that? Like, how much more interesting? No, but, like, if it was really early days and she's just, like, hooking up with the boss and TBD on if this is going to be a thing. So, like, let's just try and figure it out privately. I mean, it's possible. I don't know. And I also, like, don't really care, you know? I don't know. I, I really, like, was seeing sparks between them all season long. I don't know well, about I think they were. I think they were trying to make us see the sparks. Like, every time Chriselle, like, did, like was having the meeting with that guy from Marvel, who was clearly into Chriselle, they, like, flashed to Jason. They were definitely, like, playing with us and, you know, using editing to make us think, like, oh, it's a starting. It's the seeds are starting. But who knows if that's what, actually, what it was actually like. Because literally, Sunset, Selling Sunset is one of the most fraudulent shows on television. Beyond. It's beyond. It's really so crazy. Anyway, so I guess we're no closer to knowing whether or not like she was with Jason when she was supposed to be going out with Robert. Um, but he says what he says. But speaking of selling sunset, you know Heather and Tarek have an HGTV wedding special? I do. And you know what? Like, good for them. I I, I mean, I don't I don't think I'm gonna watch it realistically. Um but like I'm closer to it. Closer to potentially watching it than I was, like, a month ago. Yeah. I mean, I'm closer to watching it because I'm Heather's, like, very, very, very slowly growing on me. But Tarek is having the antithesis, like, the opposite effect. Yeah, no, I like them on the show. But still, like, I still haven't even watched the Kelly Clarkson Christian special. Like, get in line, Tarek and Heather. You know what? I was actually thinking we should save that and watch it together, like, maybe on Christmas Eve. Oh, okay, cool. I have it recorded. I've just been, like, saving it. I'm trying to think of the right vibe because it's, like, I I think that not in my bed is the right vibe. Yeah, no, you've got to get out of your house. (laughs) 
No, I'm so excited. Like, you don't understand. Brew and I are just, we are ready counting to Counting the hours. We are counting down. It's crazy. Like, we look at each other and we're like, we got to get out of here. It's happening. It's all happening. I'm sorry, um, Brew. Mommy loves you so much. So again, I know we don't usually do TV recap on Friday, but I really want to talk to you about Maid. So let's dive into the TV recap, which is brought to you by Noom. Instead of setting a strict set of rules, Noom Weight empowers you with the practical knowledge to build smarter, more sustainable habits and behaviors. Using cognitive behavioral approach, you'll focus on why instead of the what to change your relationship with eating. And everyone's journey is different, and Noom believes that it should be about progress, not perfection. Noom won't tell you what you can or can't eat because they don't believe in good or bad foods. Instead, they give you the knowledge and the wisdom that you need to make informed choices that fit your lifestyle. An off day is totally okay on Noom. It will not set you off course. They just gently, gently help you back on track. They're only asking for 10 minutes of your day on Noom to teach you about your eating habits and check in on your progress. More than 75% of users complete the program. More than 60% of users lose 5% or more body weight by 16 weeks and are more than 60% of users engaged with the program. Keep the weight off for more than a year. Noom has published over 30 peer-reviewed scientific journals about the science that goes into their approach to helping people achieve a healthier way of life. Now, Jackie, I know you've had a lot of um, success with Noom. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, I love Noom. It's like the best way to keep yourself accountable and also just to know exactly what you're doing. It's hard to keep track of yourself when you're not writing things down or making notes and setting goals for yourself. So I found with Noom, it really helped me stay on track. Also, I think it's so appropriate that Noom is our final sponsor of the year because, of course, you know, first Monday in January, we're all going to get back on our grind. And that that seems like a time to download Noom. But also right before the holidays is a great time to download Noom. So you don't you can obviously like enjoy yourself, but you can also feel like you're holding yourself accountable and staying on track. And Noom is like the perfect buddy system so that you don't feel Feel like you're just totally off the rails start building better habits for healthier long-term results sign up for your trial at noom.com slash toast that's n-o-o-m.com slash toast sign up for your trial noom.com slash toast okay so made was really heavy like I just had, I kept taking breaks. Like I needed like 10 minutes off. And at first I just wasn't sure if she was like, is like, is there a happy ending to this show? Because she just couldn't catch a fucking break and talk about someone like with a work ethic. Like she was just dying for any opportunity to do any sort of work. And I just felt like every time she took a step forward, she took like three steps backwards And when she eventually, and you know, I felt like the show was really good because I definitely felt myself going on the journey of emotions with her because when he when she left I'm like yeah get the fuck out of that trailer and then you know he got sober and he was much more responsible and he was great with Maddie and you're like thinking to yourself like all right you know maybe he really has changed like maybe it would be okay life would be different if she goes back and she wouldn't have to you know worry about finding a place to live and you're like kind of like slowly rooting and you have to imagine that's how she's feeling too because she eventually goes back and it eventually just you know gets even worse than it was the first time which I feel like is really like a similar arc of emotions to what happens in the cycle of abuse so I just thought the show was extremely powerful um and the fact that it's based on a true story is just like really like it's like sad but also amazing because it is this triumphant story but this person went through so much and dealt with so much and just it was so powerful really and honestly it really showcased how all these government programs are just like so 
awful. Like they really don't help. And there's like not enough resources out there. And that one, um, uh, what's it called? I can't speak shelter that she ended up going back to a couple times, which was like this amazing place was just like, there should be more places like that. Like it was just a magical like place. They give her the phone and the food and the clothes and the boutique. Like it was just, it was eye opening. It was really, really heavy. Yeah, and especially, like, you know, when these services are done correctly, how much it can change someone's life, you know. So you do see, like, the government programs that, like, make no sense. Like, I need to have a a landlord to get an apartment. Like, all of these things. And it's, like, you know, how is that ever going to add up? But then you do see, like, the work that goes on at the shelter and all of these different things that they have in place aside from the shelter, like the new phones and all of these, like, protective measures that they have for the women. And it really just goes to show the importance of places like that in in every community a hundred percent like when she got there the first time and they gave her like food because the first few episodes it was like she just couldn't win like the car the mermaid like it was just everything going downhill when she finally got there it was just this like safe haven and I was just like I hope that there's you know millions of places like these because it was like the only place that she could continually go back to that gave her a support system and in the end it was a place that gave her the confidence the resources to get back into college and it was just and I found the stuff about you know what she was writing about all these people's homes she was cleaning to be so fascinating and I don't know if everyone in the show was a real character in the book because I went on Stephanie, the woman who wrote Maid. I went on her Instagram last night. And to the character, Danielle, who was her friend in the shelter who eventually went back um, to her partner, she wasn't a real character. Um, but, you know, she's, like, the friend everyone wishes they had. So I'm curious, like, who who was real in the story and who wasn't? You could read the book. Yeah, I know, but it's just, it was very emotionally, like, heavy, and I need, um, like, a minute. Yeah, no, I I agree. And I'm sure there's there's definitely articles, like, what part of it is based from the book, and, like, and I'm sure some of the um, people that she wrote about were, like, composite, or some of the characters that she was working for are, like, composite characters of, like, a lot of the different stories from the book, as things typically are. But I do think, you know, largely it's based on truth, which makes it even more compelling and you know margaret quayley was amazing and tried to tell you andy mcdowell was incredible i was i didn't realize how much of a main character she was yeah no they were a dynamic duo they were both excellent i know margaret got nominated did andy no i saw margaret quayley was nominated but um i i maybe yeah i think that i don't know Okay. Um, so all in all, it was just a great show. Like I definitely would recommend it, but I would also give like a major trigger warning. There was also like that really unnecessary episode with the guy, Billy, like who was the thief, the snack thief. Yes, I agree. What the fuck? I have no idea. I have no idea. That was like, that was a, a low point. Yeah, when she got locked in that crawl space, I was like, oh, my God, I'm done with this show. And I thought there would be and I know that like she went back in the crawl space and was able to like trigger herself into remembering like why she hates her dad. Um, And I and that's important. But I just didn't think the whole storyline of her like communicating with this man who lives in the forest. Like, I didn't think that was necessary. Agreed completely. Like it was it was so like torturous. 
Yeah. Well, I'm glad you so, liked oh, it. I'm glad you watched. Yeah. I did. Um, I felt like I agree. It was like an important thing to watch. Not necessarily like the most enjoyable show. Yeah. Retweet. Um, okay. Like, that's it. Anything else you want to spew before we go? No. I mean, just I hope everyone takes time for themselves, enjoys the holidays, treats themselves. Thank you so much for being a toaster. If you became a toaster this year, welcome to the family. If you're, you know, a recurring toaster, thank you for enjoying our show as much as we enjoy doing it. It's a pleasure. It really is. And it's a dream. And we are so excited for another year of toast. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Like, bye, guys. Hope you all have an amazing holiday, amazing New Year's. You know, enjoy, unwind, buy tickets to my show for someone you love. Tickets available at girlwithnojob.com slash tour. I'm being dead serious. I'll see you guys in D.C. and Philly. Philly sold out. D.C. is not. Please come see me. Um, And, yeah, thank you so much for being a toaster. Thank you for the support. I hope this show has brought you peace and positivity in dark times or light times and just know that we're always here for you whenever you need us just turn on an episode and we will always be here for you yes and also if you are missing us if you are missing us in the next few weeks if you're still working still needing us in your routine check out the patreon patreon.com slash the morning toast not only are there over 250 episodes already so many podcast episodes that could literally take you from today till monday january 3rd but also we will be doing some episodes while we are on vacation some really fun vlogs i'm ready for chili cook off 2.0 the showdown continues me versus ben so head over to patreon to get you through the holidays for a little bonus content patreon.com slash the morning toast thank you guys so much for listening to the morning toast the millennial morning show where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every monday through friday on youtube so if you're watching this on youtube please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up we're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found so that's spotify itunes stitcher public radio iHeartRadio, radio Castbox, all the places so wherever you listen to podcasts find us the morning toast and leave a five-star review about how beautiful stunning and smart we are and if you made it to the end of this episode for the last time this year, go drop an emoji on our most recent Instagram and have it be the emoji of I'm blanking. How about just an emoji that reminds you of us? You know, a toasty emoji. When you see this emoji, it reminds you of, oh, those are my gals, Claude and Jack. Okay. How does that sound? Yes. Love that. Love you guys. Have an amazing holiday. We'll see you next year. See you next year. Bye, guys.